When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick Podcast Network production. I'm Alan Nevins. And I'm Joey Santos. And this week, we're live from New York. We are recording in studio. We traveled to New York to celebrate Joey's birthday on the East Coast with some of our favorite people. And wow, what a week it has been. This episode, we're talking to my dear friend and one of the stars of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, Jennifer Aiden. I'm actually very excited to have her on the show. There's so much I want to catch up on. we got to hear about the latest episodes, and I have a few personal questions I'm going to ask her. If you know Jennifer, you know that she'll be answering them. Which brings us to the theme of this week. Yeah. Keeping, keeping it, it real. Because we don't know how to do it any other way, and Jennifer only knows how to do it that way. So I suggest we grab a drink, and today's drink is tequila, her favorite cocktail. She has a special one. I saw the bottle. It was beautiful, and I tried it the other night, but we'll get into that later. So what a week it has been, Mr. Santos. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. I, I feel like the the whipping tail of a... Of a uh, Roller coaster flying around after you. You know, with that old expression, we hit the ground running. Well, we did. Running and gunning. It did not stop. From the minute the plane landed, we had dinner at Lola's. That was a crazy night. I missed that. We came in a day after you. Yeah, Lola's is this great restaurant down in the village. It was packed. I mean, outside, you know, of course. But uh, it was super fun, wild, you know, very lively, great food, Mediterranean food. So that was a blast. Then the next day was a party. The next day was a dinner. I mean, it's just like, you no, know, it's been go, go, go. later. But I'm kind of liking New York like this because everybody said, oh, you know, it's not like it used to be. But, you know, L.A. isn't like it used to be either. And I loved L.A. during the pandemic with no traffic and blue skies and no horns honking. And New York was as quiet as could be. Yeah. You heard a horn every once in a while. There wasn't all that traffic backed up trying to get across the 59th Street Bridge. Yeah, you could actually get o- get around town in no time at all. But I, mean, I, I have to say one thing. I must have spent $800 in Ubers. I know. Well, we shifted to the train, and everybody said, you took the train? There was nobody on it. It was like having a private train car I wasn't ready for the train yet. I mean, I know it's, you know. Well, we did the train till we discovered the city bikes. I'm never getting a cab ever again. We got all the way from 14th Street and 8th Avenue up to 61st and 1st for your brunch in 8, no, sorry, 11 Minutes. It's unheard of. And the on cab an electric would, bike? On an electric bike. That's Would have wild. taken 25 minutes in a car. Yeah, and $25. And $25. Because you only were... What were it you was in the $7.93. Your hotel was in the 50s, wasn't it? Yeah, but we came from the Chelsea Market where we had lunch. Okay. And we rode across. We just rode straight across 17th Street, got on the bike path that went up First Avenue, and we got to Paul's place at 61st. Weather and was beautiful. I mean, even though great. it rained, which I love, it was cold, which I love. And then we had some beautiful blue skies with the big white clouds, which I love, that crisp air. So it felt fantastic. I, I, I mean, I really got rejuvenated being there. But I'm wiped. Yeah. I am wiped. We I'm did everything wiped. we haven't done. We went to a movie into an actual theater. 
We were two. So you're daring. I'm not ready we for all that We were two of eight people. You were with more people in one party than yeah, we were in the movie theater. everybody was vaccinated. And the people that came, we made them test. If they, if, they, if they didn't have their vaccine yet, they were tested at the door. I'm not playing with this mess. <laughs> I was sitting in some well, theater with some bitch, you know, hacking on a piece of We couldn't even see them. They were so far away. <laughs> in the we were in this giant theater, <laughs> well, eight good. of us. Well, I'm, I so, hope you liked the movie because we did like the movie. We had a good time. Speaking of movie, I saw a movie on the plane with that Meryl Streep movie with we're, we're on the Queen Mary crossing. I can't remember oh, the, the name three of it women. about the writers. I liked it because uh, I mean I, I could see why people didn't like it because it really didn't have anything. It, there was no story whatsoever, and it was kind of slow. But I liked but the dialogue. Not it was fantastic. No, because uh, you know I, it's almost like you're snooping. You know, listening to these them talk and stuff, right? And you know, they're all they're all good actresses, Diane Weiss and and you know Meryl and Candace Bergen, you know. So I like the cast, but I mean, it was just a strange movie, and it just took place on on the ship. On the ship, yeah. I saw the previews. So what did they just have a small crew and filmed it on the Queen Mary? I have no idea. Because they really were. We should look in into the ocean. That. <laughs> But that review of the movie is sort of like my friend Jack's review of a restaurant we wanted to go to in the village. I said, have you been there? He said, yeah. He said, you know, it's a little dirty, kind of smells like urine. And, and he said, but other than that, it's a really lovely restaurant. <laughs> and that was just the food that smelled like urine. <laughs> said, so, yeah. Can, and I said, okay, well, on that review, we won't be going. <laughs> Thank you. But it was so funny. He's like, but it's a really lovely oh, restaurant. But it's lovely, yes. <laughs> It's on the corner of urine and crime spree. <laughs> yes, make, book me a table for six. So, um, but we did do a lot this week. We went to MoMA, which was a lot of fun. The well, last I'm time sure, I tried I to go like there, the first two floors, honestly. That, that, no, you mean the first four floors? First four floors. <laughs> Neither when did we I. got to the Picasso and all of that, the David Geffen. I, I mean, his, you know. Um, when we got to the David Geffen edition. Edition. I, I enjoyed all that. But there was a few that, and then and then it gets to that place of looks like, you know, my kid can do better if I had a kid. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of artwork. Or they just put some bushes on the floor and that's it. Or yeah, that no, flight I hated suit. It. By the way, I hate it. Well, the flight suit was a riot. So I mean, when you pointed that out to me. It was a flight suit on, hanging on a chair. It was crap brown. God, I couldn't. And then there was, it was a. Well, I'm just going to say, if there was a penis... That looked like crap. Yeah, you couldn't tell if it was dog shit on the lap or a penis. And it, you look closely and it was a penis. It was, I'm not quite sure what it meant. And it was like on the chair. Well, that was it. It's like, what is this? What does this mean? You yeah, feel and there's like, not like a, a you have a crappy penis? What? I mean, yeah, I don't know what it penis. meant. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was off for me. And there was a few other things off. But then there was some magnificent stuff. Pollock was great. That early Picasso was unbelievable. Well, they had tons of Picasso. Like, yeah. They had that entire room of Picasso plus what was in the others. And then that one room that Hockney. had Matisse's and it had... Yeah. Uh, it Mondrian. Had, I mean, there was some great work. It was great stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't just their sort of some works by them. It was a It was a floor of some of their best works. Yeah. From Matisse to Salvador Dali. Yeah. Van Gogh. Yeah. And um, I mean, there was incredible art. I was it was kind of exciting to be there and see these things in person. And then there was a metal block in the middle of the floor. (laughs) That was on the third floor. Just a metal block. A metal block. Right. Something that we would have normally said, could you please come pick this up and take it to the trash? And then there was a shoe with a broken heel. And I was like, okay, what is this? And then I saw this girl like, did anybody find my shoe? I'm like, oh, embarrassing. So it wasn't even a display. It was some klutz getting off the escalator, and it got caught in the th- <laughs> I thought it was like, wow, that's crazy. 
Oh, well, whatever. But, but it was nice to go into that museum and be able to walk around and not have a lot of people. Because the last time I, I went there, I went with a client and a, a rather large movie star. And we walked in and the place was packed. Yeah, no, I was glad it was very calm and easy and there was ve- you know, very few people. So that, yeah. that was kind of nice. So yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that part. I enjoyed um, the city. Mm-hmm. I really did. I enjoyed that, you know, walking. And, and we went to the new The Edge. That was fun. You know, we're on the, what, a, a we were at 100 floor? floors. And I can look out and I'm fine. The minute I look down, I'm, my, my legs go. Oh, you went on the glass floor, though, didn't you? I went on the glass floor. Andrew laid on it. Yeah. You know, and uh, he has no fear of heights, you know. And I don't really, but I did a little of the vertigo. So it was it was kind of cool. That was really cool. It was very interesting. But for those that I got don't some know great it, pictures. So the Hudson Yards, I mean, New York has done an extraordinary job recreating that city. Central Park was so beautiful. They're putting tulips everywhere in the city. Everywhere mm-hmm. you went, they'd planted tulips. The High Line is blooming. They took the old train, for those that don't know, they took the old train that was raised. You see it in movies all the time on the steel on the steel uh, raise, risers, and it was above the city. They turned it into this long walk. It goes from about 36th Street down to about 8th Street. And it's all gardens, and it's beautiful, and we did that. But part of it is it starts in the Hudson Yards, where all the trains that were on the High Line used to park. And they built these incredible buildings. And this one building is 100-and-something floors, and the edge is a platform that juts out above nothing, at, yeah. at the hundredth floor, yeah. and you walk out there, and part of it has got a big glass triangle that you can stand you look straight on, straight down, and you look straight down a hundred floors. Yeah, it was crazy. That's when my knees just went oh ho ho wah. I at first I couldn't walk out on it. I tiptoed out on it because I thought this is very strange. But once you get used to it, yeah, it takes. Um, a minute. It's sort of like my. <laughs> Like last like floor in your gear. house, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's 98 floors higher. And then as the evening set and we saw the sunset from up there and saw all the lights of New York come on, that was really an extraordinary view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was But one of the things I could not stop looking at is on 57th Street, over around 5th Avenue, a little further actually, Madison, they built that huge tall building a few years ago. And the the top floor sold for like $100 million. Oh, is that the billionaire building? Is that what you're talking the about? The billionaire building where they can't flush the toilets or the plumbing is screwed rooms. up. But so you now, pay $100 million for, it, for an apartment. Yeah, that you can't flush the toilet. an apartment, but your toilet's backed up. And now they have the tallest building, I think, in the U.S. It's a residential building right down the street from that one, and it's 130 floors. It's crazy how tall this building is. And it's thin. It's not a big, thick building. It's not like the World Trade Center. It's, it's half that size. It's a very thin building. And every time I looked up, I was like, this is nuts. They have built a building this tall. And right down the street, they've built another one that's almost as tall. Well, I will say this. No matter what New York is going through, construction is full force. Out of they are control. building, building, building. And they always are. It's never quite finished. Right. And then over on the um, on the island... Right over from the East River. I mean, do you see those skyscrapers they're building there? All these condos. And they say that Amazon is moving over there. Wait, onto the island that you take the tram to? Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, so very interesting. But they're building, Roosevelt building, Island. Roosevelt Island, I mean. So they're building, building, building. Yeah, it's out of control. And I, I, I don't get it. It's not cheap. Meanwhile, everybody's moving cheap. out of the city. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how we uh, all come back. But 
maybe we should get an apartment in New York. Yeah, no, I'm sorry I didn't buy when it went down after 9-11. I almost bought a place and I didn't and I should have because I looked while we were there and it's unaffordable. Yeah, I'm sorry you didn't either. Yes. Because <laughs> I would stay there every time I went to New York. Yes, for a small charge. Yes, well, small so HOA small fee bedroom, of three thousand. Small one bedroom, three thousand dollars a month for yeah. your HOA fees. Yeah. So small, I couldn't change my mind in there. <laughs> you should see the closet. Yeah. Oh, I've seen many. <laughs> but it has been an unbelievable week, having been away from New York for now, what sixteen months? I think. Yeah, sixteen months yeah. since I was there. Yeah, I was going three times a year easily. And I haven't been there in a year and a half or a little bit over that. And uh, But I picked up right where I left off. I saw all of my friends. It was just – there was so much love, so much affection. Everybody was on the same page with each other because nobody's seen each other. And then we all felt good about, wow, we were so hungry for that, for that contact. So it it, it was uh, – it's very filling, you know. Just it, I just left with uh, so much gratitude and uh, – and um, blessing, so yeah. it was it was a blast. And what could be more New York than a New Jersey girl? <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> she'll be here in just a minute. Okay, so we are back, and Jennifer is in the house. Hi, Jennifer Aiden from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and we have lots to catch up on. We just got to town, and we are so happy to have you in studio live with us. Yay. But before we start. We are going to have a tequila shot. Yes, we are. Because rumor has it that you like tequila. How did and you? Know? I like tequila. Oh, Who told a birdie, you? A little birdie, a little blue and white birdie. Who birdie. told you? I love you? this bottle. What is this beautiful white bottle? It's called Casa Azul. It's incredible. I've never seen this before. New house. I liked it just because of the bottle, to I be know. honest. I know. And it looks great on the bar, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks great. And my husband tells me it's a bougie tequila. So you know what? Even I'll take better. it. Chilled <laughs> with lime, folks. Lime. Yeah. Well, cheers. cheers. Thank you for coming cheers. all this way. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Salud. Bottoms up. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh-huh. It's good actually thing, a sipping Good thing you brought a whole bottle. I just yeah. sip it fast. <laughs> that's it. A shot. Get uh-huh. straight to the point. Yeah, I agree. No foreplay. Around the bo- <laughs> What's <Nope>. happening? <laughs> straight, Lots straight. of foreplay after you. After. Exactly, oh. honey. If you do it right. <laughs> if you do it right. Not too much, because then not if you're too... passed out and throwing up yeah. in a car, oh, no, yeah, not that's cute. not going to happen. Turn make out yeah. with me. Turn off. No, that won't make happen. Sometimes Bill likes to get me drunk because he thinks he's going to get lucky at the end of the night. No, it completely backfires. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, didn't that happen recently? No. <laughs> Maybe once. There was one carry out with Bill, though. I know, right? He's so, one to talk. Yeah. Listen, I we learned by example what's good for the goose. I'm not mad at it. I'm not. No, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I thought it made say, great mm. TV. Oh, I agree. It was fantastic. I was curious to watch it unfold with the audience because oh, I had no recollection. After Tequila Pong, it was just all bits and pieces, really. <laughs> and I kept saying, like, I kept telling Bill, like, it's not, it's not hitting me. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. He's like, stop it. Slow down. And I'm like, yeah, but we're filming, and it's so much more fun if I'm drunk. And why am I not feeling this? <laughs> And then all of a sudden it was a blur. Even at a good party for me, whether I'm hosting it or I'm at, and I oh, and I'm a pretty good drinker. You know, I mm-hmm. can, I stay pretty level the whole way. My, yeah, I'm my not. personality doesn't change. And but there's that one when I have to question. Oh, have one more, and I go, no, I'm good. I really have to remind myself to remember, no, I'm good, because it's that one last one 
that erases all the good that I did because then I just want to, I'll do a French exit. Yeah. I'll just say, I'll be right back and I go to bed. Yeah. And it completely know, just That's when I start drinking me. water when I feel like, okay, one more If you can remember to do it. Yeah, no, I, I always stop while I can remember. I'm not, I'm not one to overindulge, Man. but when it starts to feel a little, I'm like, okay, start hitting the water. When was the last dizzy time? Because remember as kids, you know, not kids, but, you know, when you were in your teens or you're partying those days, the spins? I, I haven't had the spins. I never yet. drank in my... You did not? No. No, baby. But you had the spins as an adult. <laughs> as, as an adult. I never drank because when I would drink, I noticed that I didn't. I don't like being flimsy. Out of control? I don't like when guys are like, hey, baby, come yeah, here. Yeah, and when it. you say no, they don't get, like, no. I like to be sharp and on point. And I always notice that drinking didn't lead me to that. Like, some people yeah. do great on alcohol. It. So, like, Bill can drink all night like a fish. He feels great with his buzz. And yeah, he can too. keep it going. But me, I really don't drink. Like, if Bill and I go out together alone, I won't so even So a couple finish. will get you out. It, it has to be a social gathering. I have to not yep. be with children. And because I don't drink that often, <laughs> I don't know my limits or my tolerance. Correct. And when I joined the show with the women, I only drink to get drunk. And when I was hanging out with these women, I didn't want to be a negative Nancy and be like, oh, no, I don't drink. So I'd be like, let me have some drinks. And me, I like uppers. I'm not a downer type of girl. Because yeah, yeah. I'm naturally happy. A downer. If I drink, there have been times where I would drink wine and we'd go out to dinner with other couples and they would be like, you're usually so peppy. What's wrong with you? And I'd be like, it's the wine. I want sweatpants in a bed. It's a lazy thing. It is. Wine yeah. puts wine you makes sleep. So like people Bill would always tell me that it's either it. tequila or whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey fan as far as the taste. And I was like, oh, tequila with lime. It's not so bad. Well, you should have been with us the other night when Joey was drinking his dark liquor. And I was like, oh, what is going what on was with it? him? Whiskey? Whiskey. Maker's Mark. I'll, <laughs> I'll drink vodka or I'll drink tequila. I, a few times that I've had the brown, I become silly. <laughs> silly like, good or silly? No, silly, silly good, good, but oh, laughing. I mean, I become, my whole personality, my personality doesn't really change. But with that one, I get really silly and then very quick-witted. I mean, I have Alan laying on the floor laughing. We were I would laughing love that. So that sounds we'll do it. right up we'll my do it. alley. I'm here for another Yeah, week. so like people people are like, oh. And it's funny because like yeah. my brother Stephen, the single he's one. He's gay, isn't he? Yes, he's my gay brother. We'll talk about that. Um, when he meets people and they're like, oh my God, she's such an alcoholic. He laughs. <laughs> he laughs because if you, he's like, if you knew my sister, you would know so that. Like he'll come over on Thanksgiving. He starts making himself a drink. I don't even know to offer him a drink because I do not drink when I'm in my house. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like, "Thanks for offering me a drink, sis." And I'm like, "Dude, my house is your house, so help Go yourself. yourself." And he'll be like, "If you only knew how much she doesn't drink." It's true. You know. Well, you brought up something, which is when you said you started the housewives. I want to know how did that come about? How do they choose these housewives? How did I got on this time was through Dolores, but it was also. There is an open casting call. They send and they want to cast. And then when they meet you and they find that you have a connection to somebody in the group, which I did. I had a connection because Dolores was a surgical tech at one of the surgery centers that Bill rotated through. Mm -hmm. But fun fact, I actually applied for season six. It was before I lived in my big, beautiful mansion. And we had just moved to Jersey. And I would meet people and everyone was like, oh, you should be on Housewives. You'd be so great. And I had gotten an email which was an open casting call, and I applied. And there was this woman, Tammy, who I was going back and forth with. I filled out a huge questionnaire, did a Skype interview. They wanted me to add two more women to the group because at the time they wanted to 
cast, I think, a group of three. Yeah, they do by association at times. I don't know if she was really into my group or if she was into me. And then when I called her back to follow up, she's like, you know, I think you're really great. I think you're a spitfire, but your house is just really not up to housewife standards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my new construction, five bedroom, five bathroom home is not good enough. It was a new construction. Yeah, but, you know, it wasn't, it's not like, and I, and I said, you know, I'm in the process of looking for a lot. We were moving at that point. We were looking for the lot. And I was like, I'm going to have a big fat mansion. And that could be storyline. And she's like, yeah, but you don't now. And I think we're just going to go in a different direction. I was like, okay, you could sit and spin. Bye. <laughs> so I didn't give a shit. And then the following year, the following year, season seven, I got the email again. And I was like, you know what? I told Bill I'm going to apply again. And Bill was so not for it. Uh, And I was going to apply again. And the woman I was speaking to through the email was so excited to speak with me. She's like, I can't wait to show you to Tammy, right? Calls me back and she goes, oh, looks like Bravo saw you last year. I was like, first of all, Bravo didn't see me last year. And second of all, if you guys had casted me last year when you could have, maybe you wouldn't be in this situation of casting. But you guys can all (laughs) fuck yourselves and lose my number. So that was that. I closed and then the they door. Said, oh, you're our type. Hired. <laughs> no, it was a no. And then whatever. I moved. Season eight is when I. I think like right before season nine is the summer that I moved into my house, and I had gotten that email again. And and instead of ignoring it, I wrote them a very articulate, passive aggressive email in Jennifer fashion, <laughs> which was like basically a thanks, but no thanks. Now that I have my big fat mansion and everything, now you want me after you said no to me twice in a row. And then the woman was like, we're so sorry that you had that experience. They are no longer our casting company. What would it hurt for you to just Skype interview? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to interview. You're going to pick me. and I'm going to say no. <laughs> and they picked me and we all know how that ended up uh-huh. here we are now Joey brought up something very interesting and I thought well if people didn't know they sure know now because he said isn't your brother gay yes so brother, well, was, you may have known maybe a, none of his friends had because known. I'll tell you something it was a great episode or a few episodes when they had, when they had attached themselves to that because your mom wasn't familiar with that or accepting of that in the beginning because she didn't it wasn't really, you know, she was getting accustomed to it. And as gay men that we both are, we've we've had, we've we've endured that that acceptance thing and wanting the the recognition of our family, our sisters, our yeah. friends, our parents. Luckily, mine was very simple, easy. I didn't have any issues. But seeing the way that he handled it with such grace, mm-hmm. and the way that your mom found her grace through it, it was beautiful. Thank and you. the fact that he, as his, as his sister and her daughter. You were able to position yourself in a way that was fair to both and loving to both. And I think you you were the bridge to those to, to those yeah. islands. Because well, in the beginning I, that's my gift. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it. it. As your friend one, yeah, but two as a viewer, I thought it was beautiful. We never wanted it to be a coming out story because in Steven's mind, Steven's like, I've been out, I've been he's aware. Never in. Yeah. He's like, as soon as I knew who I was, and he really wasn't able to discover a lot of who he was until he got to college. Mm-hmm. He went to Westminster Choir College, which is in Princeton, New Jersey. And, you know, it's a very artistic school. And that is where he talks about where he found his tribe. Mm-hmm. And he found out that, because, you know, he he didn't know. Growing up in a Middle Eastern culture, the only thing you knew 
about people who were gay was that that was against God. That's what we grew up learning. Believing. Where are you from? Where's the- Turkey. 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 Turkey, but we're Syrian Orthodox, so it's a Christian faith. And, you know, we didn't know about it. When you don't know about it, and and I used to hang out with Mark. You know my cousin Mark? I know Mark uh, My in cousin LA. Mark friends. in L.A. And, and you know, when I was 17, 18, 19, starting to get into the clubs, there, I, I went to the gay clubs. I did. Yeah. I went to something called the Roxy back oh, in the day. Oh, are you we're talking about that talking last about I was that. at the Roxy every Friday night. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I you're I was at the about. Sound Factory Saturday nights where Sound drag queens factory. came out at four in the morning and it was something like I had never seen before. And I was just like, who are these mystical people the that unicorns. come out and they're dancing and they're fantastic and... And, and Mark, at the time, we were trying to get Mark married off, ironically. Right. And I was talking to him about <laughs> girls that we saw at church. I, and I didn't know. And I was like, well, can you, can you still, do you think you can marry a woman? Or anyway. do you think, like, anyway, because I knew his mom was really wanting him to get married. And in our culture, that's what is expected of you once you become of age. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. He's like, the thought of, like, even kissing a woman is disgusting and repulsive Unless it's Madonna. Unless it's Madonna. Unless it's Madonna, right? Madonna's a top anyway, so it doesn't really... Like, it was then that I started to realize that this is not something that they choose. This is something that is just biologically natural for them. Oh, yeah, it is. It really is. You cannot... It is not a choice. And he used to say to me, like, your brother's one of us. And I never saw it. And I was like, no, oh, yeah. not Steven, tell. not Steven, not Steven. And then all of a sudden, one day, I had my suspicions. Mark told me that he saw Steven at Gay Pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like one night, we, That's and a big clue. I used to, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes. So me and Steve were having a smoke in front of my mother's front stoop. And he just looked at me and he was like, you know about me, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> He's like, do you care? I was like, not at all. I love you. And like, I literally gave him a big hug. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't want to hide who I am. And I said, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. You shouldn't have to. And honestly, we all know Steve. Time for a refill. We'll be right back. Interestingly enough, my mom was like, we cannot let anyone from the community know. Because if they know, then no one will want to marry you. Because they'll think like, oh my God, if they have a gay brother, then maybe she can have a gay child. Oh Lord. And I was like, first of all, if someone, if some, yeah, but (laughs) if someone doesn't want to marry me because of that, then that's their loss. That's not my problem. You know, I'm not going to. That's somebody you want to commit to. But my mother is very in control. And at that point in our, in our lives, she was very in control. So we kept it hush hush. So it's not like my mom never knew. She always knew. It was just, playing the game in front of our people because she just wanted to keep up this facade Mm -hmm. because she was so afraid that they wouldn't accept her child. And ultimately... There's still a stigma in their mind. Yeah, because as a parent... Right, well, different generation. You're scared. She was like, I don't want people being mean to my son because of this. Right. I don't want people from our community shunning him because of this. Once I joined the show, my first season, we did not talk about Steven or his sexuality. But... Before I started the show, I had a talk with my family, and I was like, just so you know, every out. single secret that you think we have is going to come out. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, it's not a secret, and Stephen is not And stopping. he's okay with it. He posts on Facebook. I mean, there were times mm-hmm. years ago when she would call me where he'd be with his friend who's all in drag in a Speedo. Okay? <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, my God, call your brother. Tell him to take down that picture. 
I'm like, I'm not going to do that because that means that I'm embarrassed about what he's posting right. and I'm not. And you're not. If well, he's not embarrassed about it, then why should I be? It's not my business. Yeah. But by the way, if the parents will accept the child, they don't really care about their friends and the uncles and all that. They really want their parents to say it's okay because if the Correct. parents will say it's okay, they can deal with everything else. Everything they can change else. their friends. They can avoid certain family members. They really are concerned about their immediate family. And as long as that's going okay, then they can go out and they can thrive and they can do whatever they need to do because if their family knows, then they don't feel— And you've got that support They may want to keep love. it a secret from a, an employer or somebody <clears throat> for other reasons, but they don't feel they have to keep it a secret from themselves any longer. You know, well, Mark, you know my cousin Mark, he has been living with his partner for years now. Robert. Robert, yes. Robert's a doll. We love Robert. And last year, before COVID— we had went there to California because Bill's family lives out in L.A. So Bill and I took the kids to California. And while I was there, I brought my dad with me because my dad has his sister there. Mark's mother is his yeah. sister. And during Christmas that week, Mark was like, I want to have all you guys over for dinner. And my aunt was there. Mark's sister was there. My dad's brother was there. My dad was there. And we were all having dinner at Mark and Robert's house. And I was posting stories. And my brother, Stephen... It made such a huge impact on him. Just watching the fact that my father is at a dinner table with his uh -huh. gay cousin and his partner and, and breaking bread and having wine and laughing. Yeah. And he called me and he was like, Daddy didn't say anything? I was like, no. Daddy gave Robert a hug. Yeah. Daddy sat there and, and, and it, was, it was like regular. Stephen, the times are changing, Steve. We're evolving to a better way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, come on. Okay, enough gaiety. I yeah. want to know why you're fighting with Marge. Marge is fighting with me. I want to know why but Marge is fighting with you. Friends. I find that she thinks I'm an easy target for her. And I think that's because I feel there's a strategy in that. So think about when she first started the show. Who is Margaret's target that whole season? She didn't fight with anybody on that show. Except Siggy. I mean, a little bit derailed to Dolores, but we all saw how that ended up. And look, she got Siggy fired or whatever the story is with her and Siggy. She she really crucified Siggy at reunion. Siggy was like, I'm not dealing with this, is my perspective. And, you know, and, and in defense of Siggy, she wasn't cut out for it. But it was after Margaret's first season. So Margaret yeah. comes in. She's the lowest on the totem pole. Does she want to fight with Teresa? No. She's kissing Melissa's ass up the wazoo. Dolores gets tread light lead on, but her real target was Siggy because she must have thought that Siggy was the weakest link. P.S. Go to the next season. Jackie and I come in. All right. Who is Margaret going to fight with? She already's kissing up Teresa and Melissa's ass. I mean, Teresa had her fucking hair pulled and she gave her a pass. Not Teresa's no. hair. Margaret's hair got pulled. But Teresa Danielle was... Danielle pulled the pigtails on Margaret. Yes, but the root of that was, was Teresa. Teresa. She instigated it. That's I right. mean, she listen, she did not instigate it. Um, it was Steve and Dan said that in Danielle's ear. Okay. And when oh, Teresa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then At when the Danielle had brought it up to Teresa, <clears throat> honestly, Teresa just thought it would be good for the show. And she did not think it was going to be as aggressive as it, was. as it was. I mean, it came out, it was very hostile. But when we found out that Teresa had something to do with that, you know, we all saw how I feel Margaret tread very lightly when it came to Teresa at reunion. Mm -hmm. I feel like if that was me behind all that, 
it would oh, have yeah. went guns down blazing. Uh, guns blazing. Okay. Yeah. So don't sit here and say that I kiss my friend's ass. Friendship is called a two way street. Mm-hmm. And I am newly friends with Teresa. And when I became friends with her on the show, she's pretty much her and Dolores were the only ones who really gave me advice, who were so real and who I thought didn't have a hidden agenda. Don't. And you especially know? Dolores. She comes from the purest yes. place. She's yeah. the fixer. So now Jackie and, and I start the show, and Jackie's the one that she brings in. So who is there left for her to fight with and pick on but me? You. But it's okay. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. I welcome it, actually, Margaret. So please, <laughs> proceed. Um, we're in our third season. Again, we all see, like, Jackie's falling apart. Melissa is has no substance, as usual. She, Margaret's not going to want to fight with Teresa and she's not going to want to fight with welcome back scumbag. So (laughs) the only person who's left is me again. I'm the last man standing. So I, I, I feel like this is why it's always coming at me. Mm -hmm. Listen, she can instigate. I retaliate. Okay. (laughs) Don't come for me unless you're going to come correct, sweetheart. Okay. Because there will be a response. You know, when we ended the season, I felt that we squashed everything. I felt like we had come a long way. And, of course, there's that aspect where when you're watching it, you relive it. You see what people have said behind your back. You're getting all amped up. That's what I was going to ask But the live you. tweeting is shit starting. Okay? The live tweeting should not be allowed. First of all, she's the only one who does it for the most part. And you could sit there and throw shade at us all night. And the minute one of us wants to defend ourselves, you want to sit there and say, that I'm victim shaming? I'm not victim shaming. I'm defending myself. You're the one who said I slept my way to Paramus. Did you see that? No. She tweeted that I slept my <laughs> way to Paramus. Well, okay then. You know, Thank that has you. To be a I didn't know the the Paramus was the creme de la creme. Okay? I slept my way all the way to the PAM. Okay. Now you know why I don't watch these shows. It sounds like one big oh, cat fight. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> Hook, I mean, line, and sinker. Does it make sense? Yeah. At least if you're going to... She's she's reaching so hard, she's going to pull a muscle, Joey. She's got to calm down. <laughs> she's got to take it down a notch. Oh, yeah, so God you can tell I'm ready for reunion. Uh-huh. That's the one question I wanted to ask you. So even though a lot of the characters on the show get along, but how much does it affect when you see those testimonials later so like all of a sudden you thought we were friends why is she talking shit about me on the testimony does that affect you i try to take it all in stride i try uh-huh. to but it does understand hurt a bit. It of just course stings. it stings listen it's a tough pill to swallow yeah. it's a sting mm-hmm. but like any sting out you there you treatment. get over put it put backteen on it that's yeah. it put, back put a little teen. neosporin that's it give it's it a band-aid and keep it moving away. yeah so i feel like as good housewives we're supposed to be able to keep it moving You know, have confrontation, have resolution. And I'm not one to hold grudges. I'm an Aries, and Aries are known to not hold grudges. I even sometimes forget why I'm mad at someone. Yeah, me too. Like, I'll text them, and then I'll be like, oh, wait, fuck, she's mad at me still. I know. But when Margaret sits there and then shit starts with the live tweeting, it's like, come on. Why why are you doing this? You you really think I'm going to sit there silent? You must not know me by now. That's not, listen, I do this show. I love doing the show. I want to do the show. I do not need to do the show. There is a difference. Yeah. Okay. Margaret needs the paycheck. Maybe Melissa needs the paycheck. But well, you don't need the paycheck. I don't need the paycheck. I know. I know. 
It's very nice. Don't get me wrong. I love is making a, my own money, but a, it's because I love doing what I'm doing because I'm an entertainer, correct. and I would. I'm hoping that the platform will lead me to more entertaining gigs. Well, that was going to be my next question. What would you like to do? You know, maybe have a podcast or a talk show. Oh or no, there's no room for podcasts. Use, you know, or listen, how about a radio <laughs> no, show? We'll how produce, about a radio we'll show? Yours. How about commentary on the red carpet? How yeah, about sure. a fashion police panel? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to bring that back. You know, something something so where sort just of hosting I'm, kind of hosting, type things. You have a dynamic personality. You always I'm have. quick You're not on at my feet. I'm quick-witted. I'm extremely funny. The plane has landed. <laughs> um so, I mean, I feel like there's a lot for me to be able to to give out there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I love doing the show because it also gives me a reason to hang out with girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, Margaret wants to sit there and say I don't have a lot of friends. I have a, a lot of friends, but in my tight circle is very limited. Why? Because my kids are my first and foremost priority. Mm-hmm. And they're fine. still little. They still need mommy. Yeah. So when there's a girls' night out, Unless it's something that, like, let's say we haven't done in a while or it's been a long time coming or there's, like, a a big group, I don't really care to go out and leave my kids, especially now. I have no housekeeper. I have no nanny. I have friends and, like, like relatives that have been coming in and helping me out, babysitters. I don't feel comfortable leaving when I know that I'm not in control. Yeah. Because my oldest is 16. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know that age. I mean, he's, like... On Fortnite, yeah. he's on YouTube, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I cannot put that kind of responsibility on him, yeah. nor would I feel comfortable doing sure. it. I could, I don't want to. Who would you consider of the girls uh, is your friend? Teresa and Dolores. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dolores hurt me with some of her commentary in her interviews. I'm not going to lie. I mean, some of the things that she said, I was like, you know what? Whose fucking team you want to be on? Which team? Pick a side. You don't see Jackie, Melissa, or Margaret throwing any one of them under the bus. You know, and here, people think that it's Jackie, Margaret, and Melissa, and then they think it's me, Dolores, and Teresa. But when Dolores starts back paneling, then it's like, well, whose team are you on? Well, in Dolores' defense, I can honestly say, <clears throat> because I know she, she loves me. I know she loves totally. me for real. And, but, I know she, I love and her. And she is genuinely, and I think a lot of times, she gets scared for the people that she cares about because she knows that you've been she hurt. She does. And so she's trying to protect everybody because that she is the fixer. No, I know. She's but in her one... interviews, like she she said something about me being a five-year-old. And then, of course, Margaret's like probably sitting there in the sidelines like, yay, <laughs> yay, another one on our team. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Teresa, you want to jump ship too? Go right ahead. I I'm okay. Margaret, <laughs> I'm okay alone on Stranded Island by myself. But I know Dolores, the thing is with Dolores is that I know off camera she backs me up so much and I back her up. But the thing is, I back her up off camera and on camera. Yeah. I guess it's a fine line. The only thing that I critiqued her on really was her relationship with David. And that's because we had to critique it. And at the time, I thought that's what she wanted. If my girlfriend wants a ring, then I want a ring for her. It doesn't matter if she's gotten the ring oh, or the please. car. She has it's the commitment. Ring. I I see that. Yeah. I see that. So it was it was actually hard for me to go after her and David. Yeah. Um. So I didn't want to. But like some of the things she said was. But I actually spoke to Dolores about it because yeah. she is my friend, and I spoke to her off camera about it. And I was like, listen, you know, like I just want to know that you advocate for me the same on camera as you do off camera because at the time I thought that maybe she was picking what she thought was the popular vote. Yeah. 
Like maybe she thought siding with Margaret and siding with them and going against me is the popular vote. So that's what really hurt my feelings. I told Dolores, I said, listen, don't worry about the ring. That doesn't mean anything. It's the stone. She has the commitment. It's the stone you want. (laughs) A hard stone (laughs) at that. Give back the ring. So if you want more of this, where can they find you on social media? You can go to my Instagram, which is really simple. Jennifer Aiden, A-Y-D-I-N. Some people spell it D-E-N. Some people spell it A-I-D-A-N. It's A-Y. It's a Turkish last name. It's very common in Turkey. It's kind of like the Smith of the Turkey. So it's Aiden. Of course, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, which is season 11, which is on fire, I have to say. Even as a viewer, it's been really great. Well, thanks for coming we into the show. Thank scene. you so much You're for spending a little time this with us. This is so much um, fun. Seen... Okay, you were right. She is a blast. Yeah. What a bundle of fun. Yeah, I love her candor. And for anybody who follows that show, they're going to get a good earful. Oh, They'll be very happy. Yeah. But as usual, thank you to everyone who's been rating and reviewing the podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you are new to this podcast, let us know what you think. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We will post the pictures from the museum because you must see the flight suit piece of art. When you see that photograph, I want to know what your first reaction is when you see it. Because if you thought what I thought, we'll compare this. (laughs) It's sitting right in the center of this flight suit. So keep the questions coming. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email your questions to contact at twoguysfromhollywood.com. We'll talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nevins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Editing and post-production by Nathan Moody. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.